Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, best-selling children's author Amy Parker and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will help give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now let's join our hosts, Amy and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Amy Parker. And I'm Mike Naraki. And today, our guest is Trisha Goyer. She's a homeschooling mom and a prolific author, not necessarily in that order. But first... We love to uh, start every one of our episodes with a Bible verse. And uh, today's Bible verse comes from Philippians. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly... Onto the word of life. And that's from Philippians 2, 14 through 16. So Trisha Goyer, if you don't know, is a best-selling, award-winning author of more than 70 books, both historical fiction and nonfiction related to family and parenting. She speaks across the country. She serves in ministry. She's even founded ministries with her family. And she is a homeschooling mom of 10, 10 including seven by adoption. Trisha is also a grandmother of four and a wife to John. And so it seems like we could do a podcast on your bio alone. (laughs) It is a lot, but um, I feel like we're going to talk a lot about your family as we discuss your latest book, uh, The Grumble Free Year. Am I right? Absolutely. (laughs) A lot of grumblers. (laughs) (laughs) So give us a roster of the people in your house um, and those uh, who participated in this Grumble Free Year. Sure. Well, we have two grown kids that are out of the house. And then my husband and I, and we have an actually adult kid that was in the house when we did the book. Now he's out. He has his own apartment. Um, Nathan is 25. And then in the home, the current ages are Maria's 19. I have twins that are 16. Um, I have a 15-year-old daughter, a 14-year-old, uh, no, a 12-year-old daughter, a 9-year-old daughter, and a 9-year-old son. I think they they change their birthdays. <laughs> yeah. I saw, it's hard to keep up with. I saw by looking at your eyes where that memory is. Yeah, pointed. exactly. Like, you where know, you're up until the left. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandma, who uh-huh. lives with, she just turned 90. And she's adorable. Wow. And she lives with us, too. Wow, so, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, we have a very busy household. Yes. Um, and the subtitle of this book just seems to sum up the premise Perfectly, as subtitles should. Um, 12 months, 11 family members, and one impossible goal. That goal being to get through those 12 months without grumbling, correct? That was our goal. And really, we knew like it would be impossible. Yes. But we were going to do our very best to try not to grumble. And you know, we sat the kids down. We're like, let's do this. And some kids were like, no way. Some kids <laughs> well, there's, were there's like, a grumble right there. Yeah, exactly. start off, yeah. <laughs> some kids are like, yes. Starting strong. The little ones were more like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the older ones are like, how in the world? And so yeah, really it was yeah. a chance to really talk about it. So That's rewind great. a little bit. How in the world? Why in the world did you come up with this idea? Yeah. Well, you know, we've come adopting seven kids. We've had a lot of challenges with anger. They've come from a lot of trauma background. And so we kind of got through those big things. So we weren't having huge explosive anger things all the time. And you wrote a book on that. And we wrote a book. What was that? Calming Angry Kids. Calming Angry Kids. That came out last year. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we were at the point where it just was this underlying grumbling, this discontent in the home. Um, Every time I'd say, you know, go do your chore or it's time to get to bed. I don't want to or why now? (laughs) And so we really just needed to get past it and come to be like thankful for what we had. And I thought, you know, you think that, okay, 
we bring in all these people together. Um, we should all be thankful. We're, we have a home. We're all together. But really, it's putting two different sibling groups and then an, a single individual one into a home together. Even some of the sibling groups hadn't lived together. And then they have parent, new parents with new rules, everyone's personality. And it's just that underlying they want things different. They want things better. Things aren't going like planned. And we just wanted to change it to be more thankful. And we really wanted it to come from their hearts. That's cool. And and so you have this idea of the Grumble Free Year, and you touched on this a little bit, but was there a, that 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 moment, that family huddle that yes. you said, okay, this is, tell us a little bit about that and, yeah. and how and how everybody responded. You, you touched on a little bit, but maybe yeah. go into that. So we bit. actually were doing a road trip from Little Rock to Seattle, Washington. So you and have so, a captive audience. A captive audience. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Full passenger van. We had, it was full my, of my, people. My wife calls it having all of her little chickens trapped. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we, we made it. So we were there from Little Rock to Seattle. So we're halfway through the trip. You know, we still haven't gone home. But we were around the table and everyone's like, on the trip, don't look at me. Don't touch me. I'm not going to let you hold my DVD player because you didn't share your candy. I mean, just the grumbles on the trip. And so... We were planning on when we got home to do it, and finally I'm like, John, we just need to talk to them about it now. Like, it's these, we need to, we still have a half a trip to go. Yeah. And so that's when we brought up, we were just at this restaurant, all of us around the same table. Hey, guys, guess what? We have this idea. Wait, was it a Denny's? I'm picturing a Denny's. It's a Sherry's restaurant. That's oh, what they okay. have on the... Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, Den- it's, Denny's, exactly it's Denny's sister. It's totally Denny's style. Like, <laughs> okay. that, was the, that was it. Like, okay, I've got the picture in my mind now. <laughs> and yeah, we just said, we, we want to do this. We want to go a year without grumbling. And like I said, some said yes, some said no way. But we knew that we had to be a year because it's going to take a while for all of us, and John and I too, because I started grumbling more. I mean, all the kids, all the mess, all the noise. And then once we um, had them all talking about it and we we're saying, can we do this and how are we going to do this? We, we gave them some incentives. So we said, if we do this for a year, we'll go on a cruise as a family. And that we Whoa. knew it needed to be something that it's not yeah. going to be after a week we give up. Yeah. So if I started slacking, the kids were like, wait. We want to go on that cruise. And so yeah. it was like the motivation. Yeah. Um, and we did the cheapest Mexican cruise. Like, we had five <laughs> people in a room. Like, there's bunk beds everywhere. It was like. Oh, wait, wait. So you yeah. succeeded. <laughs> we did it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and you hinted toward you had to start with yourself first. So tell us, explain why you had to start with yourself and then what that process actually looked like. Just in case any of us, I mean, none of us ever grumble, but just in case <laughs> we did and wanted to start with ourselves. Yeah. And for me, I knew because I have to lead them. So I did. Yes. I looked up scripture verses and the scripture verse you shared was like the first one we memorized together as family. But it was me like my grumbling over the mess and the the noise. And I remember being in the laundry room and just like, why do they, why are there clean clothes in the dirty clothes? And <laughs> all the time it became this complaining. And I didn't want that to be how the kids remembered me. And I need, it really took me sitting down with God, like, why do I think the house is going to be clean? Or why <laughs> do I think it's going to be like, everyone's going to do what they say. And just, I had unrealistic expectations of how a family is run. And I think so many times when we, we grumble, it's because we have an expectation of things are going to go a certain way. And when they don't, we're complaining about it. And instead of like figuring out how can we work on this, how can we make this better, we just complain. And once I actually talked with a friend and she said, you know, write down the things that are bothering you and then one small step you can do to make a change. So messy house, I sat down and did a chore chart, laminated it. That same chore chart has been on the wall for two years. And it's like, awesome. you know, so many times it's just instead of complaining about it. Yeah. So it was looking at myself like, first of all, why am I thinking 
that things are going to go perfectly when you have this many people. Right. And then stopping myself because I need to be an example for my kids. And then figuring out what's a small step in, in lots of different areas that we can make a change so we don't feel like we're stuck. So I think in our minds, sometimes you get stuck in the same rut of complaining. Yes. And once you're stuck there, you can't even think of like a solution because you're just it's just that underlying complaining that kind of goes with everything. But you sort of use that grumbling as a motivator to enact change. Yes. Yeah. So um, I love this idea of grumbling styles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like almost like artistic expression. <laughs> the <laughs> Enneagram for I'm grumblers. A, yes. I'm grumbler. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about those. Uh, what are they and how do they look? Yeah. So we sat down our first day and I said, okay, now we're talking about grumbling. And, and since I homeschool, like this is our morning devotional time. We're memorizing, you know, do everything without complaining and arguing. So we're doing all the things. And I said, now grumbling isn't just the mumbling under your breath. It's the eye rolls. It's the whatever. It's the slamming the cupboards. It's, and so everyone said, oh, I do this and I do that. And so it wasn't even anything I had even planned. But I got out the whiteboard and wrote everyone's names and we they figured out for themselves what their grumbling styles were. And that was so good because it wasn't other people saying, you do this and you do that. It was them realizing they do it for themselves. I'm like, okay, our job this week is just catch ourselves doing it. Like when we catch ourselves whining or complaining or the heavy sigh, like, Ugh, some of my kids sometimes <laughs> I do that too that would be the my grumbling yeah. <laughs> and, and then that was easy because they're looking at themselves instead of uh, like you did this and you did that and it just oh, like yeah. I think God just gave us that because it started us in the right direction right from the beginning yeah I can totally see that going off the rails if the kids are kind of identifying the grumbling style of their sibling yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, well this is really fun uh, we're going to take a really short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids Okay, favorite listeners, we are always giving something away. Free books, yay! So to win, check out our instructions on Instagram and Facebook at The Bible for Kids. And just look for The Bible for Kids podcast at Google or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, is back. In his hilarious new chapter book series, 10-year-old Michael and his friend Justin sneak into the Dead Sea Caves near the archaeological dig where Michael's dad is working. Michael finds a couple of 2,000-year-old squirrels petrified in sea salt. Hijinks ensue as Michael tries to bring them back to the U.S. hidden in his backpack. What Michael thinks are just cool souvenirs may turn out to be something much more. The Dead Sea Squirrel series is humorous, fun, and filled with character-building lessons. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for over two decades. To find your own Dead Sea Squirrels, head over to Tyndale.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. We're back with Trisha Goyer uh, on the Bible for Kids podcast. We're talking about grumbling or not grumbling, as the case may be. And grumbling seems like a minor thing. I mean, what's the big deal if I sigh or if I roll my eyes? But then we realize how seriously God takes grumbling and really the heart behind the grumbling. Um, So tell us how you explain the importance of this to your family or how you illustrated this to your family. And then how did you realize the importance of it? To yourself as well. Yeah, that's so good. So when we first sat down with the kids, we said, you know, this is a big deal because uh, the Israelites did not enter the promised land because of their grumbling. It talks about that. And so we actually, one of the things we did is we read through Exodus 
and the book of Numbers, which is really long when you're reading yes. it. Well, but if their promised land becomes a cruise, then they can exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can this that. is your promised land. Yeah. yeah. And so we just read through and they, you know, every chapter, like, will they just stop grumbling? Will they just stop grumbling? Because you see, like Moses was asking God for help. He's like, give me your presence. Show me your glory. Show me the path. He's like, he's asking, which I think that's an important thing to do. When things are going wrong, it's okay to ask for help. If we need something, but if you're just grumbling about it, we don't have this, it's not fair, all those things. And that was what the Israelites were doing. Like they were looking back, they were looking at their circumstances instead of looking to God. And so as we're going along, I'm like, this is us guys. This is not just the Israelites. This is us. This is about us looking at, we want more of this, or why can't we have this? And this is really hard instead of saying, God, you can provide for us. And so as we're going through, we start to say, okay, yeah, this is not just them. And for me in my life, just realizing like, I wanted this big family. Like I prayed for these kids and yeah. then all of a sudden you're in the middle of it. And sometimes you focus on the miracles. Like they got out of the promised land. That was like this huge thing. I mean, Miriam was praising God. Right. And later she was comparing herself to her brother and complaining and she had to, you know, got leprosy and go outside the camp. So sometimes it's like the dailiness that gets us. And that was me. Like I saw God do amazing things to bring these kids into our home and just our family and just the miracles of healing that I've seen in some of our kids. But the dailiness of dealing with stuff. Dirty laundry. I had to look at myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, and really just going back to every day, like turning our thoughts when I want to complain, saying, God, thank you for something like Thank you for this day. Thank you that everyone's healthy right now. Thank you that we're going to be able to go on this trip and, you know, whatever it is, just thank God for it. Yeah. And and along with that, and I love this, uh, the root of grumbling is unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really, I think, a, a wise observation. And um, can you tell us about how parents and kids have unrealistic expectations? Yeah, I think we have expectations, like I mentioned me earlier, like we want the house clean. Well, the kids have an expectation. They want to sit on YouTube for two hours. <laughs> well, no, they're not, that's not going to be, that's not going to happen. Like we have yeah. things to do. And I think once we make it clear, um, like, okay, I need you to do your chores and then you can, you know, I need you to do this, this and this, and then you can have time to sit down. We give them a promise that they can get that expectation, but they have to do things first. Like you have to finish your schoolwork. You have to, you know, do your chores and later we're going to be doing this. And I think we don't have these conversations. I have my expectations of things going one way. They have their expectations. And when things don't happen, then we're butting heads. So a lot of time it's just really just sitting down and saying, this is what's going to happen with our day. Let everyone be aware of what's going on. And sometimes it's even the expectation that, you know, we're going to make a new friend down the street with the people that just moved in and it doesn't turn out that way. So it's talking about those things. And I think when it comes to grumbling, sometimes it's even deeper. Maybe there's sadness. Maybe there's anger. Um, and I've noticed that in my kids, too. Like, I have an expectation that Easter is going to be wonderful and we're going to have all this time together. And they have memories of maybe their bio mom and things being really hard. And so it's really like, is it just grumbling what's going on. And so we yeah. can kind of see when the expectations aren't being fulfilled and there's grumbling, sometimes it's deeper and we can ask questions to really figure out what's going on in our kids' hearts. Yeah. And so the tools, two of the tools that you used in this process were role-playing mm -hmm. and praise. So tell us how that works and how we can use these tools in our own homes. Yeah. So role-playing, I think, again, back to the expectations, I expect when my kids are out playing and I say, come in for dinner. They're like, yes, mom, and run in. And they're like <laughs> running down the street. And so we actually, one of my daughters, my 12-year-old now, really has a hard time. Like she'll grumble and complain. And she just gets in a funk if she's if she's interrupted. Like she loves being outside and playing with friends. And so we would practice. I'd say, 
Um, I use her name. I call her Sissy in the book. But I say, Sissy, come here. We're going to practice. So you go outside. I'm going to go to the door. I'm going to call to you. And I'm going to say, come in. And I want you to run to me and say, yes, mom. And so we would practice and practice. And that night, usually when we'd have this big fight, we did it. And I called to her. And she's like, I could see her, like, stopping. She's like, I really want to keep playing. <laughs> um, but we had practiced, like, three times earlier that day. And she's like, yes, mom, and ran in. And so I think so That's many times. Awesome. I mean, we could do this with three-year-olds. Yeah, like, it's so know. simple. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I, and I so could have used that advice with my son <laughs> because the big thing with us was – uh, especially as he got older, was calling him downstairs, you know, for dinner when he was upstairs playing video games. Right. And so the 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 the, the phrase became hold up. <laughs> yeah. And I can't I can't save, you know, so I got to keep playing to the end of this. You know, it's like when I was a kid, I could save my video games going. No, I can't do that now. So so but but we ended up adjusting to, as parents to actually calling him, starting to call him down earlier right. than we actually needed him. So we had to make that switch, you know, and, and hearing this, you know, just saying, I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's just it's just yeah. practice of the right way to do something. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And we all need that. Yeah. And then for the other one um, that you talked about, which is the praise. So I noticed when I would call my kids to chores, especially um, our daughter, who's 14 now, she was like grumbling, complaining, and it would escalate because I'd be like, don't talk to me that way. And then we'd get kind of in this bad cycle. And I realized like when she's in there, I'm like, you didn't wipe this down. You need to do this better. And I'm just complaining the whole time when she's doing her chore. So why would she want to come and do it? And so I remember one time I'm like, I'm going to praise her. Like, I'm just going to make it so to let her know I appreciate it. And she's wiping the counter. I'm like, you are doing such a great job on that corner of the counter. (laughs) And I could see you're really maturing in this. And then she's like, I could see her perk up. Yeah. And go, oh, and then she starts wiping everything down and she started doing a better and better job. And the more I praised her, like now she's the one that will like take everything off the counters, wipe everything down. Like when it's her chore, I'm like, oh, good, it's your day today because I know it's going to yes. be really clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it started with just that praising her. And then she she loves it. She, now I'm like, you're the best kitchen cleaner. And that's something that she kind of owns. And but it started with in. me just yeah. praising that little corner of the counter that she was cleaning well. And it's so easy for us as parents, too, to micromanage what they're doing. Or, you know, he made dinner, but he made a mess all over the kitchen. And, and it's like, oh, but wait, he made dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And so just <laughs> focusing on that. Um, on the positive aspect of that and praising it so that they will take pride and ownership in that. Yeah. Okay. So you start off uh, on the grumble free year, everybody's ready to go. Um, and then what do, do you recall what that first uh, occurrence was um, of, okay, you know, maybe there was a lid on the grumbling and then it all exploded or maybe it was little things that started to creep up. What, how, how did that go right off the bat out of the gate? I mean, I think right away we were trying. And then, you know, after like a month, I'm like, are we changing? I don't even know. And what am I going to write about? Because I knew I was going to like write this in a book. And then um, we were actually three months in when my grandma fell and broke her back. And so she lives with us. And so she fell and broke her back. And we didn't know. Like We're back and forth with doctors. And then she's in the hospital. We brought her home right for Christmas. And so during that time, I'm like, I don't like I can't even think about this because we're dealing with taking care of the kids and taking care of grandma. But it's so funny because I had all these activities planned, but it ended up being that experience with grandma that changed everything. And she ended up, um, was at home. We were able to care for her at home. And our homeschool rooms are right next to her bedroom. We homeschool in the dining room. And, you know, she has dementia, so she didn't even remember that her back was broken. So every day we're like, don't get up. We had to put your brace on. Like, we're dealing with all these therapists and stuff coming in. And she would just be laying there praising God. Oh, and she wow. was like thanking God for the day, and she she's uh, Hispanic, so she's praying in Spanish, and just had the best attitude. And I remember one day, my daughter, my sixteen year old, was like, "Do you hear that?" 
And she's just in there, like her back is broken. She cannot get out of bed on her own. She's just praising Jesus. And I said, I remember when she became a Christian. She was in her 40s. I was in second grade. And I saw the change in her life. And she, every every time she cooked, she would praise God. And every, you know, just she would pray during the mornings. I could just have that memory of her. And she had hardwired praise into her heart. And yeah. so when it came to, she doesn't even know what's going on. She's in pain. She's still praising God. And my kids are like, we complain about stupid stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. And she's in there praising. So it really just showed us like we could either hardwire grumbling into our hearts yeah. or we could hardwire praise into our hearts. And that's what's going to come out. Like yeah. when you're, you know, she's 88 and broken back and laying in bed, that's what came out of her heart. Right. And it was just like all of us. I just remember the moment around the table. We were like all letting it really sink in. So even though there's times like, I felt like I totally derailed, like I wasn't able to keep up with it, and we weren't doing color sheets and all the stuff I had planned, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> God's like, this is a picture for you and your family. What yeah. an amazing model right there. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And and you also taught your kids the fruits of the Spirit as a part of this process, mm-hmm. that co- some of the coloring sheets maybe. Yes, we did. But <laughs> how did that help, and how did that help solidify this uh, this concept of maybe not grumbling? And I think it came from the kids saying, I'm trying, but it's so hard and I can't do this. And I realized like, okay, I have not told them that God is there to help them do this. And so we did. We ended up memorizing the fruits of the spirit and going through, I mean, even the little song and everything, because it's like so many things that God asks us to do, like not grumbling or being peaceful or being joyful. It's his spirit in us. And I remember one of our daughters especially would write out that scripture every morning in her journal and would pray that when we would pray out loud. And I could see a change in her. And then I started doing it. I'm like, I need to do this for myself. And so praying that for myself. But God asks us to do these things, and then he gives us his spirit. And I think that's one of the things I, we don't tell the kids often enough. We're just like, do this, do that. Don't act this way. But we're not saying God's spirit is in you, and he's there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we're talking with Trisha Goyer on the Bible for Kids podcast, and we'll be right back. Dive into the action and adventure of God's Word inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Perfect for young readers, the colorful graphics will capture their imaginations while learning new and fun things about the Bible. Watch as boys and girls alike discover the story of God's original superheroes inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Available now wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Uh, We're speaking with Trisha Goyer about her new book, the grumble-free year. And so during the break, we were talking about a very specific incident that happened during this whole grumble-free year. And I, I think it's safe to say that it's an incident that would make anybody grumble. <laughs> um, so, Trisha, tell us about the infamous Build-A-Bear incident. Okay, so while we were doing this, we were almost through. So we were like a month away of finishing our year and going on our cruise. And Build-A-Bear had a pay-your-age day. So, you know... One of my kids was six, so it would be $6 and get like a $30 Build-A-Bear. So I'm like, this is great. It's the middle of summer. We'll take the kids. Well, we got there. I was there with eight kids. And we got there, and the lines were really, really long. And I'm like, okay, well, probably be a couple hours, but we can make a fun day of it. Well, then we're waiting, and we're kind of weaving around the line. I'm like, okay, this is taking a lot lot longer than I thought. My kids, my older kids are taking my debit card and going and buying fast food in the mall, and we're just eating fast food and sitting in this line. Like two hours pass, four hours pass, six hours pass. And I'm like, guys, I will take you to Walmart and buy you any bear that you want. (laughs) And they were like, they were having a blast. I mean, they were playing games. They were talking with other kids in the line. They would get a quarter and find this game and play it for an hour. And I was just like, 
I'm so tired of standing in this line. Um, and But then we got closer. So eight hours, we can see the front of the store. Like, we feel like <laughs> the we're bear, right there. Yeah, the finish and line is right with there. With Build-A-Bear, they're stuffing the bears. I mean, it's a process right, with right. Build-A-Bear. And so finally, at nine hours, we are on the threshold. We are the next people in the door. And the line is still, it's like eight o'clock at night at this point. The line is still really long behind us. And I could see the manager come out and there's security guards and they're talking. And I just get this like feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh no. (laughs) So I talk to them. I'm like, are we going to be able to get a bear? (laughs) And they're like looking at the line. They're looking at us. And it ended up being, he said, ma'am, we had the mall saying we have to close at nine o'clock. All these people need to come through. We're going to make sure everyone gets a bear, but we're not going to be able to stuff them. And we are literally, my group is, our kids are the next ones in. Like, we are oh, at man. the door. Right there. And the kids, like, some of the little ones start crying. And then the older ones are like, what? The S in. Like, you could stop at them. And, you know, I mean, there's people behind us cussing in line. I mean, it was just like this. Because wow, yeah. everyone's been waiting. Oh, they, they, were, <laughs> exactly. they were grumbling in not nice ways. And <laughs> yeah. in that moment, it was like, of course, we're doing the grumble for a year. Like, it was just like yes. this. It, like this Now's light the time. bulb right. in my moment. Right. I'm like, guys, remember what we've been working on when we are tired? When we are overwhelmed, when things aren't going away, when we have unrealistic expectations like getting a stuffed bear, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when we start grumbling. I'm like, we could turn this around. This is the best day ever. You've got junk food all day. Yeah, I told them yeah. we were going to go to McDonald's and get McFlurries afterwards. Yeah, you, get, yeah. you get the first unstuffed bears. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> and they just kind of like... Best day ever. And we you can stuff the bear with McFlurry. <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> and so we did. We pulled, they turned it around, their attitude, and there were some tears, a few tears on the way home. But most, for the most part, everyone was like, best day ever. And we did a video in the car afterwards with our flat bears <laughs> telling the story. And everyone's like, that's so amazing. And I'm, I'm so amazed by your kids' attitudes. And it was, like, if we had not been working on it, yeah, if we hadn't yeah. talked about when we're tired or when we're hungry or when we have unrealistic expectations, it would have just probably been a complete meltdown. Oh, but they were man. able to pull it together. And it was like, see, guys, you did it. And I think they all just saw that, too. Like, we can change your attitudes. Now, one of the fun things is when we went on the cruise, there was a Build-A-Bear, and they got stuffed <gasps> bears without waiting in line. So it was like this wow. God-like moment. Oh, my like, goodness. A, a bookend moment. That's yes. so cool. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that, your story reminded me of, uh, I won't mention the amusement park, but it was in Orlando, and we stood in line <laughs> for like three hours oh to God. ride this ride, and it cl- and they had some sort of mechanical difficulty, you know, just as we were about ready to go right. in. So, yeah, I could have used your book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you talk about... Uh, celebrating turning grumbles into gratitude, which I, I love the way that sounds. Um, and so you, obviously you talked about that in your last story, but just talk about that principle in general. Yeah, and I think the celebrating is when not just like the cruise, the cruise was like the big celebration, but just like I've really seen a difference in your attitude and just calling that out in kids. Um, but the cruise was like the moment when we were on the way there. My husband got shirts for everyone, matching shirts, <laughs> and we got bracelets for them to um, pass around It said, grumble free and it says I can do all things through him so we encourage them to tell people about what they did about what they accomplished about what they were working on so the waiters they would tell them about people in lines people at the pool they were just passing out these bracelets and my one of my daughters said she talked to this guy and she gave him a bracelet and he's like can I have a couple to take to my two sons at home Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah and he goes yeah I left them at home because all they do is grumble and I didn't (laughs) want to hear it and so he's like maybe this will help us you didn't get the cruise yeah Yeah, because of that yeah Yeah, and so it was really good just like this is our Celebrating, like just celebrating the year, but celebrating the small accomplishments that they did through the year. Yeah. And that's a complete 
character change even, um, especially, you know, at some of the ages that you're for all the ages. But really, um, you know, especially in those teenage years mm-hmm. or approaching teenage years, um, that just really sets a new foundation for for attitudes and, and, and character. Um, so all of us now need a copy of this book. And um, we're about to enter into a new year. So this would be a great New Year's resolution for everyone. So tell us all where we can find these books and where people can connect with you. Yeah. So um, the grumblefreeyear.com has information, all the links to where you can buy the books. I'm also doing um, a challenge on there you could start anytime it's a 30-day challenge so you can start it on the month that you feel the best that you're able to tackle it and i give them tips through the year um and then yeah and i even have also a little podcast series on people i interviewed on how they are able to work on grumbling with their family so all that is just found at the grumblefreeyear.com and then my website is just trishagoyer.com Tricia, thank you so much for joining us this was such a fun conversation yeah uh, really, really appreciate you being here thank you yes, for having thank me thank you We, as always, are going to be giving away a free copy of The Grumble Free Year. So check our social media on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible for Kids. And thank you for joining us again today for another episode of The Bible for Kids podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Bible for Kids podcast with Amy Parker and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with The Bible for Kids on Instagram and Facebook and at thebibleforkids.com. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts. You can email us, info at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is part of the Way Nation podcast network. Find more podcasts at waynation.com.